This episode of the Boss Horse Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash Media or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Boss Rush Podcast, a great place to play games and be better. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race himself, Laurent Dawkins. Hey, hey, what's poppin'? Hi, Laurent. Hey, Corey. How's it going? Oh, dude, today's been so busy. It's been... Yes. <laughs> it's It's been a busy this day. This Wednesday feels like a Monday, doesn't it? Yeah, this is... so. Yeah. Most people that listen know what I do for work. This is the fifth podcast I've recorded today. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> and then on top of that, we had an event today and we had three three live streams today. So it was like it was a it was top tier day today. Also joining us in her fantastic classically trained T-shirt is none other than the mad pharmacist herself, Stephanie Klimov. Hey, this is my first podcast of the day. Mm, it's fair. But my team, did, my team did get reamed out by the COO today at work, so it was a very unpleasant day. So I'm glad to be sure here. Oh. We uh, we put up we put up a thing at work where uh, so my boss is the host of all of our podcasts, and we we put up these um, back new hangable backgrounds that just like you know like the old school like elementary school maps that you pull down, mm-hmm. right? But they're just blank colors and for all the different podcasts that we do. So he has a different color for every podcast now, which is kind of cool. Nice. Uh, anyways, enough of that. We have someone way more important and cooler to talk about than our, than our work lives, everybody. Way more. Ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> our special guest is the uh, Director of Business Development and Publishing and the Game Director at Way Forward, Adam Tierney. Welcome to the show, sir. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is this is awesome. I uh, so long story short, we've been so as a podcast, we've been trying to find cool people and companies that we really enjoy their games or our community enjoys their games. And um, the scariest thing to do when you've never done it really before is to reach out to a company and say, hey, provide us someone to be on our podcast. And lo and behold, we have the master of let's see, <laughs> Shante. River City Girls, Lunark just uh, just came out and is very cool. Um, and then you know, a little uh, Nintendo project called uh, Advance Wars Reboot Camp. Uh, yeah, just that. So, yeah. <laughs> um, maybe maybe you heard. Yeah, of that. yeah, we yeah, like, yeah, like nobody, no, nobody's gonna talk about how excited they are for this game, <laughs> except for Leron. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, Laurent's been looking forward to this game longer than I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've been, so. I've been I've been looking for this game since it was out on Game Boy Advance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Adam, why don't you just kind of tell everybody who you are, kind of what you do, and we have a we have a ton of questions for you from our community, which is great. So, uh, yeah, just tell us kind of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm Adam Tierney. I'm one of the directors, and also I now head up BizDev and Publishing at WayForward. I've been here almost 20 years, um, basically my whole career, 
And I'm a, I'm a student of Matt Bozon, the creator of Shantae. He was the one that trained me and taught me how to make games. But yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, I, I love the company. And I started as an animator and then very quickly became a director. And then I did that exclusively for around like 12 or so years. And then started taking over BizDev and publishing. And for people that don't know, so BizDev is the person that makes the deals. So when WayForward does like a DuckTales or, or something like that, someone has to reach out and say, hey, can we make a DuckTales game or, or respond when somebody comes back and asks about that? That's the biz dev person making the deals happen. And then recently I've also taken over publishing. And what that means is when WayForward not only makes a game, but we also release it, um, it's overseeing that stuff. So it's like a, what our trailers are and what we're doing on social media and um, uh, how much games cost and getting them in the eShop, all that kind of stuff. So I, I do a little bit of all that stuff. And in addition to that, I still occasionally design and direct games and, and do a bunch of other stuff here. That's that's awesome. I So I was actually like, because like I... I I like I like Wave Four games, but I know especially Ed, our host of Nintendo Power Block, our Nintendo podcast, huge Way Forward fan. I'm like, I I went to him. I'm like, hey, are there any anything specific I should know about you know Way Forward that I can make myself sound smarter than than you know just obviously just Wikipedia ing mm -hmm. or Googling Way Forward? And I realize I've played way more Way Forward games than I even new right like obviously all the shante games the blood rain game that was on xbox 360 was awesome uh i, th I think it's backwards compatible on xbox series x so if yeah you... well you gotta you gotta play the new one so that is the cool thing so right. i mean not oh, to right. revamped yeah yeah that so what we did is uh because we we some of our games that we worked on a long time ago, a decade ago, we recently ported them because they were old. And so they were Double Dragon Neon. We got that on Modern Systems. And then also Boy and His Blob. Everybody loved that on Wii. That's mm -hmm. on Modern Systems. But the Blood Rain one was really cool because we got to add stuff. And my, this, I was super involved with this. But the first two Blood Rain games, uh, the main voice actors were uh, Laura Bailey and Troy Baker. Like, you know two gods of, of voice actors now and then they, they barely were starting out when they made blood rain one and two when we did part three we didn't have vo in the game at the time i think it was you know we just we were starting out in terms of that sort of stuff and it was you know probably not a huge budget so when ziggurat the publisher wanted to bring uh, uh the game back we said oh we should get uh, Troy and Loria to finally voice the characters because there's lots of dialogue in the game. It's just not heard, and we were able to do it. So if you buy the current version yeah. of Blood Rain Betrayal, it's called Fresh Bites. It's really cool because we got Laura to voice this character she started her career with, and it was so good to hear her back in that. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So yeah, I, I was just looking at the list here. I love Ducktales remastered. Love oh, Ducktales yeah. remastered. Uh, I love I love all the Shantae games. Uh, Contra Four mm -hmm. was awesome. Mighty Switch Force games were awesome. Uh, I I played the I played the crap out of Mighty Switch Force One and Two on the 3DS. Like, and everybody knows I'm not a huge like handheld only gamer. Like, I love my Switch, but like, but Mighty Switch Force One and Two were like must haves for me personally uh the mummy demastered was actually surprisingly awesome way better than the movie um uh, not that <laughs> not that that bar was like really that high i i liked it but it's not like a masterpiece of cinema or anything yeah. um 
We, so, we, that was an interesting one because that was not the case when we signed up for it. Like the movie was not out. So we signed up basically, oh man, this is going to be the biggest movie in the world. We're going right. to do the game of it. And it's kind of in a way it was interesting because the game that we did, it's not focused on the Tom Cruise character. It's sort of focused on like this, you know, random little agent. And so it allowed us to kind of, I think when the movie didn't get great reviews, people were kind of like, oh, but this thing's its own thing and it's got its own story and entity and it kind of, you know, got its identity of its own. But yeah, that was a weird one because when we signed up for it, like everybody thought that movie and the whole series of new monster movies is going to be like the biggest thing in the world. And then it just mm -hmm. wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were playing it on it and, uh, well, missed, I guess. Uh, and then, uh, I know like my, cousins and my, my cousin's kids are are really into the descendants and they like that mm -hmm. uh, they, you guys did that descendants game which was we did uh which which was cool so yeah i mean i guess way forward's been a part of my gaming history more than i realize uh <laughs> so i'm i'm glad we could have you on and and like i said our our uh community is really excited to talk about way forward as well so awesome. we're gonna we're gonna get into questions. We're gonna we're gonna answer Ed's questions first because he's he is the biggest way forward fan. So um, <laughs> if you ever want to talk about Nintendo, maybe we'll talk have you on there too. But uh, he asks, uh, when a boy and his blob for Wii came out, did you all plan for a collection with an with an art book and music? Also, do you guys think uh, you'll make a big return? Uh, a big action or turn-based rpg sorry i'm trying to translate this in real time um so what was the first question about blob uh he asked if you enjoyed working on it and if you planned for a collection with an art book and music um yeah so that one i mean we weren't really doing physical uh, we weren't as involved with the physical back when that originally came out now we really are now like whenever limited mm -hmm. run does i was gonna say doesn't stuff. limited run do have one for a boy in his blob yeah mm -hmm. yeah the only thing is that that's the the publisher ziggurat so we helped port it but we didn't publish that oh, so okay. like any of the stuff that way forward like you know shantae's and river city where we're the publisher we're super involved in the limited run stuff so we're helping them design all the little goodies and figures and stuff like that but since that one wasn't us publishing we weren't as involved in that mm -hmm. i do know that like there was a collector's edition i don't remember what was in it and i remember at the time we made the game there were some promo items like there was a squishy ball at e3 and i think they did like a jelly bean cross promotion or something but i mean we love i think stuff. it was a pre-order bonus at gamestop yeah. i think i had that one makes sense at one point yeah we're, we're super into all that stuff and so yeah i mean i don't know i think there was i think there might have been you don't, you don't have to look on ebay or something i want to say that there was some boyness blob art book back with the Wii one. I don't remember if it came with a game or how you got it, but I think there was an art book at some point. Um, I'm not 100%, though. And then what was the, the other part of the question? Uh, did he freeze? He, asked, he, he might. No. He sure did. Either that or he's thinking real hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, now you're uh, back. There we go. All right. The second, the second part of the question was... Uh, do you guys think you'll make a big action or turn-based RPG? Yeah, so we've dabbled. Um, so River City Girls 1 and 2, even though it's a brawler, that is a super RPG. Like, it has all the stats and leveling and and even more than the original Kunio-kun games, which had, 
you know, just the stat stuff. We added like accessories, which are essentially like armor elements. And, you know, it gets pretty Castlevania-ish. So there's a lot in there. The deepest we've ever gone RPG-wise is a, uh, that I'm aware of is a Vita game we did called Silent Hill Book of Memories. Mm. It was the weird, the weird Silent that. Hill that looked like Diablo. But that one is crazy RPG. Again, all the stats, all the weapons. And it's, I remember like, because uh, I directed that game, like factoring in, what your damage value was on an enemy it was like this plus this plus this it was like like 20 different things all factoring in and determining that so that's the most rpgiest thing we've done as far as strategy um we actually had a really interesting game you can track down if you have a 3ds called i think it was called transformers is it rise of the dark spark i think you it, did the, you did the dark spark 3ds port we did the 3ds one so it's oh a gosh. top-down turn-based kind of advanced wars-ish game where you're moving characters around in pixel art and then once they combine they duke it out in like this kind of 3d rock'em sock'em pacific rim type thing um that was a cool game uh, i got to work on that one a little bit too so that's that's a strategy game we've done we made it in a few other strategy things but that's the one that comes to mind oh man that's amazing i i had that game for 3ds at one point too I was really proud of the 3D animations of the characters because I think it came out like a year after Pacific Rim. So we were so influenced by the cinematography and the camera work on Del Toro's stuff. So if you watch the punches and kicks and stuff, they're like very, very Pacific Rim style. Yeah, I uh, I, ha- I had that game because I, I went through a phase where I was really big into like I got back into Transformers at one point and I was like collecting the toys and I, I played yep. all the games and like uh well, the console versions were more along the lines of 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 high moon studios kind yeah. of run of the cybertron games so it yeah, exactly it, but then i was like man this one's like a this one's like a strategy rpg and i was like really also into like fire emblem at the time too yep and i was like man this is kind of right up my alley with transformers so i remember really enjoying that when i yeah, had that it was, that was uh, a fun one to work on yeah Man, I didn't, I didn't, man, I need, I, we're everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess like when I, when I, like when I think of way forward, I, I think of like, I don't know. I, I guess I didn't realize way forward was as big as you are. Cause I kind of think of, of, you know, obviously Shantae is huge and river city girls are huge, but I, I just, I didn't realize there was all this like extra kind of, you know, stuff around the, the edges. Yeah, I'm surprised you knew about Descendants. That's a weird one. It was a mobile game we did, and it was basically looking like the Kardashian glue-style games where it's just Mm -hmm. characters being snippy with each other and stuff. But it was still cool because even though it was so stylistically different for us, we do so much recently where it's about dialogue and storytelling and being able to play with that and then also play with all the Disney brands was really fun because we're huge Disney heads. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I really only know about it because my cousins have girls and uh, I'm a huge Disney person. So the Descendants yeah. has kind of been floating around yeah. forever. So, yeah, uh, if you can see on my shelf right here, I have an entire shelf of Constance Hatchaway from uh, Haunted Mansion, like little oh, figures so and cool. stuff. So, yeah, I have like probably 20 or so items of her. She's my favorite Disney character, the, the evil uh, uh, axe bride from Haunted Mansion. That's awesome. That's so cool. Uh, man, Disney. I, we could yep. probably have a whole podcast on Disney. Uh, although they they would leave, but I would stay. Um, <laughs> whoa, whoa. What are you talking about? I was part of the standard deaf Disney show thing. That's true. Right Stephanie away. would stay. That's true. Stephanie would stay. Uh, 
All right. So you brought up we're we're gonna ask this question next because sure. you brought up Silent Hill Book of Memories. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, block a uh, block from Blocks Games Reviews uh, asked this question. He said, uh, he asks, you are the director of Silent Hill Book of Memories. How did this project come about? And did Konami reach out to Way Forward, or was it the other way around? Uh, they reached out to us. So Tom Hewlett, who was kind of the producer of most of the American Silent Hills, and he was a friend of mine for a long time. Um, he uh knew about way forward liked way forward and basically when they had that initiative he said oh let's let's hit them up for it so there was a little bit of back and forth on you know with any opportunity like here's what how we would do the game here's our pitch stuff like that um but they reached out to us uh and um but the the type of game it was was largely figured out before uh it came to us because i was the you know, biggest Silent Hill fan, at least at, at Way Forward, and you love part one and part two and part three, especially. I think three is my favorite. And we really wanted to do a game like that. And so they came and they're like, oh, okay, well, like, you guys should do the Silent Hill thing. We're like, oh, that's great. Like, I want to direct a Silent Hill game. But then it was like, yeah, but this one's going to be like multiplayer, Diablo style, auto programmatic. Like, everything was just RPG. Everything was weird about it. And we're like, that doesn't sound at all like Silent Hill. So we, we ran with it because we love the game. I think also for people that play the game that kind of, you know, are willing to say, okay, this is a super weird game, but let me just wrap my head around it. I'm really proud of it. Like, it's it's an endless game. The way that we had auto generation of, so it has endless, endless stages and VO storytelling and cinematics and creepy scare rooms. Like there's a lot of really cool stuff in it that we're proud of, but it was definitely a challenge because at the end of the day, people are looking at it and most people are like, I don't want a four player online RPG silent Hill. I just want silent Hill. So we, mm -hmm. I think it kind of got really, you know, massacred in the reviews maybe a little bit more than it deserved just because it's like, this is not the silent Hill that, that, you know, the fan base wanted, but that was largely all set before it came to us. So we, 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 you know, we still did all the particulars on it in terms of designs and stuff like that, but that style of game, that's what Konami wanted to make for the opportunity. So we're just kind of, we rolled with it. That's unfortunate. It's with, you know, big fan, fan base type games. So it's not necessarily just silent Hill, but that's an example of yeah. really, passionate quote-unquote gamers <laughs> where if they don't get it like exactly the style that it always has been it, it's i do feel like it can be a little bit unfair and yeah. skewed um i remember during development i said like can we change the title because i remember pitching like if we can change the title to violent hell or like something else <laughs> then everyone would say oh i get it it's a parody and then they would like you know suddenly they'd be like this this is cool we like this but mm -hmm. because you're stepping on sacred ground it's yeah <laughs> People got weird. But I remember that it was a long way to develop it. And we actually, when we did the Kickstarter for Shantae, it's probably floating around somewhere on like YouTube still. We showed off some of the prototypes that we did at, at the time. So way back when we did a prototype of a Silent Hill game on Nintendo DS and you're it's got James moving around and fully 3D and, and everything's with like little, you know, using the flashlight with a stylus and stuff. So we had, that was a really cool little thing. And then when we were specifically going after Book of Memories, we also did a PS3 demo that is much more of a traditional kind of Silent Hill thing. Both of them are only like five minute demos, but I think if you poke around on YouTube and maybe type in like, you know, way forward Silent Hill demo, you'll probably see both of them because we, we showed them during the Kickstarter for Shantae back in 20. 12 or whatever that was. 
that's that's cool yeah silent hill i mean so an example of that of a game that i really liked and i know kind of got massacred in reviews was uh metroid prime federation force on 3ds i oh, yeah, actually yeah. really I, I really liked that game uh man for somebody who doesn't like handheld i've brought up 3ds three times on this <laughs> i know um, i was like wait a minute uh i really well, like this game here, here, here's a fun fact for you all right so uh the 3ds could communicate with the Wii U mm-hmm. and the DS could communicate with the Wii. Whoa. And almost nobody took advantage of that other than way forward and maybe some, you know, a couple like first party Nintendo stuff. So the games we worked on it with, uh, we did our Batman game on Nintendo Wii. If you had the DS version and the Wii version, they'd communicate together and you could play as Batmite in the console game, like trolling the other characters with your DS. And then the yeah. same thing we did it with Smurfs 2 on uh, uh, Wii U and 3DS. If you own Smurfs 2, I don't know why you would have two copies of it, but if you had two copies of it, then again, you could play as something in the in the console one with, with the 3DS. And I remember we were like one of the only developers doing that technology. It was just like hardly anyone for both of those generations were spanning that stuff. Yeah, I think I think the only other people that were doing it, like Capcom did it with Monster Hunter. Yep. And then uh, Nintendo did it with some Smash. Pokemon. And there was some Pokemon game, I think, on mm-hmm. Wii that did it or something. Yeah, like the Poke Park. You can import your DS yep. Pokemon into Poke Park or something. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So, man, that's cool. I love when I love that kind of stuff. That's the yeah. weird stuff that Nintendo does. That like when you find it, the right combination of it and it works really well, yeah. it's amazing, but then nobody ever tries to do it, you know? And, and yeah. The Batman one was really cool because you play as him in the game and you're just mucking everything up. So everyone else is like Batman and Robin are trying to play through the game and Bat might voice by Pee Wee Herman, Paul Rubens is just like dropping anvils on them and giving like one liners. <laughs> it totally, I, there used to be like a, I remember when it first came out, there was a video, I think it was like GameSpot recorded or something. And you see, once you introduce that character it's just unplayable you're just trolling the hell out of them it was so fun oh my gosh that's hilarious that's great that's great that's so cool um so we ha- we have one more question from block sure. about silent hill he's he's a pretty he does he does this thing on his youtube channel where yeah. he reviews a ton of horror games during the month of october and i think silent hill he did i think he might have he did a silent hill game i don't remember which one it was but um that's why he's asking so many Silent Hill questions. Uh, would sure. you return? Would you return to the series again if given a chance? And if so, what would you do? Um, me personally, no. Um, and and you know, I don't want to sound too sad, but it's kind of a little bit like I directed the game, didn't come out the way I would have done. So I'm like, ah, I don't want to do it again. Like I, I think I'm done with Silent Hill. However, we had a game on. Uh, you can't get it anymore. Um, but it was on iOS and, and Fire Phone and a few other things. If you look up on YouTube, it's called Till Morning's Light. That was sort of for me because I directed Silent Hill and I directed that. That kind of felt like my do-over from Silent Hill. So if you look up Till Morning's Light, and hopefully we're, we're always talking with Amazon because they own it about like, hey, can we get it on new platforms? Can we port it? But that was one where it was like just a really cool traditional like survival horror story driven female protagonist thing um very way forwardy and that was one that we did like one or two games after silent hill so i don't feel like i would have to do another silent hill i feel like i kind of got to you know scratch that itch again and and do it in a way that was more what i wanted to do with uh with till morning's light even though it wasn't branded silent hill but it was still a survival horror game that's cool i 
Yeah, I I hope a lot of these mobile games that get stuck because of updates and stuff. It's it's kind of sad. That's what it is. Yep, it was yep. like, and it was a really high rated game. Came out really good. One of the best games we've ever done. And then essentially just wasn't we weren't really focused or amazon wasn't focused on it years later and so when ios updates happen it timed out so it's just like oh well it's not getting updated and so it get yanked off the store that's the risk with digital products and that's mm-hmm. part of why we love working with limited run because you you have a disc you can always play it forever mm-hmm. yeah that that physical it's it's nice to hear when like physical games you put the the whole game on the disc right and and mm-hmm. i mean there was that big <laughs> that hilarious thing with call of duty where it was literally just the license on the disc and you still had to download the game or like oh, wow. <laughs> the whole the whole conundrum with redfall for xbox where like they were they literally weren't printing discs for it they were just going to stick the download code in the box and oh, i was like wow. i was like man that's like i get it like as somebody who primarily purchases digital like yeah i i get it but also there are games that i like to have physical copies of like i hold my Shovel Knight physical copy near and dear. You know, I have the Cowabunga collection, right? Because, yep. you know, it, all these different things. And so it's nice to have the physical games when you love yeah. them. And, and I'm glad that, you know, WayForward is taking the steps to, like, put the full game on the cartridge yeah. or the disc or whatever, you know, napkin. I don't know what games are going to I don't understand why ago. this is clearly a simpleton question. Why Redfall would not print discs but put a digital code in a case because if that's the case why wouldn't they just Ah. sell it digitally just with like why waste the plastic i mean i mean i i it's i mean it's kind of like a it's not quite a game as a service but i mean they're going to keep updating that game for a little while right and it's the same reason why destiny doesn't have discs anymore i don't know why games that get updated and give new content over time i i really don't understand why they put discs out except for the fact yeah. that people like to have the box on the disc or the box on their shelves right okay i mean yeah, well, but... isn't that isn't that that's like the model with fortnite right because my son plays that there isn't really i don't think a fortnite game it's like if you buy the physical it's like okay you got an update or you get like credit yeah. or something. is there even well, a fortnite physical yeah. What? Yeah. Well, the, the physical disc has the save the world mode on it, and then you have oh. to download Battle Royale. I oh, my nephew's really into Fortnite, and he decided to tell me all about it the other day when he was here, and he was like, "Interesting." He was like, "The disc is worth like a thousand dollars," and we looked it up, and it was like forty dollars. So I, like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got, a, I'm in my office here, so on this side, I've got all, you know, lots of limited run stuff that we've done, some rare stuff, but over here, right behind me is just my favorite games of all time. And oh. so kind of top to bottom, like Hades and Ico and mm-hmm. Flashback. And so I, I when I get when I switched into this office, I rebought any of them that I was missing. Nice. And, oh man. Uh, and it's a man, good backdrop that... whenever I have meetings. That's a man, cool show. Flashback. You couldn't tell me anything about that game back in the day. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah one of my favorites for sure. And very it's... yeah, if anybody's checking out Lunark, the game we just released very similar to that very scratches the same kind of itch it's it's very flashback oh my gosh i was yeah. i i was like when i was when i first started playing it not not to get into what we were been playing but i i bought it because like you know i wanted to talk about it because obviously it's your latest game and i figured i should probably play it but like it reminds me it actually reminds me a lot of prince of persia too like the original prince of persia so mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, definitely lots of Prince of Persia influence. Yeah. 
and yeah, I was like, man, this game is kind of cool. And I like, I, I'm not very far. I've only played like an hour. I played it for like an hour last night, uh, just because I've been working on a bunch of stuff for us. But like, it's, it's, it's a really cool game. It's a really good looking game. And, uh, I, I really like the pixel art. I really like the, uh, just like the level design and, and kind of like the, the weird ways like you have to jump when you're like all right i'm committing to this jump there's no turning around there's no turning around yep, yep. i so, love that stuff yeah yeah and the, the guy who created it so way forward published it we didn't develop it it's a one-man game so our friend johan Vinay uh did everything all the programming all the art all the music everything even like the cinematics where it's all rotoscope that's him recording himself so uh, i think he's been working on it for like four or five years and he's he's awesome to work with we love that guy that's so cool. Yeah, I really, I really like, I really like it. I, I also like the, I really like the, um, the kind of animated cutscenes too. Like especially that kind of opening one where he finds the, kind of the handprint on the ground and he goes to reach for it, and then like yep. the lasers start kind of like, and the whole screen lights up. It's, it's super cool. It's, yeah, yeah. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/BossRushMedia, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. That's great. So, um, all right, more questions for you. Sure. Uh, the One True James has three questions for you. Sure. Uh, Way Forward is one of the guiding lights of modern Metroidvanias. How do you approach developing in that genre? Um, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, and so ones we've done, you know, different versions of Shantae are more or less Metroidvania versus action platformer. We did most of the development on Bloodstained, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Um, we did Mummy Demastered. We did Aliens Infestation. That's very Metroidvania. So a lot, a lot of our games, it's one of our more common brands. Um, I think for me, the ones I've worked on, you think about how you can make it stand out from everything else ahead of time. Because a lot of it is pretty obvious. It's like, okay, what are my maps? Where are you going? What are the items? What are the locks and the keys? And you know, what are you looking for? But if you can come up with interesting ways to put a spin on it i think that helps it resonate for example when we did aliens infestation on nintendo ds it's a metroidvania style game it's side view pixel kind of similar to our contra game but we said okay these are military characters we want them to feel more modern so we actually took a lot of uh modern fps and third person shooter tactical shooter mechanics and put it in that game so even though you're a little side view like pixel guy you can snap back against cover you can blind fire over it you can like hop and pop over it you can do you know leaping lunges and climb up on ledges and you know so much of like the moment to moment mechanics was like one foot in in metroidvania platformers and then one foot in like you know call of duty style stuff so that was really interesting in that game kind of figuring out things like that and tactical things like tactical shotgun reload. So if you had, I don't know, 10 shells or whatever, you can, you know, unload them and then you have to manually put them in, but you can do that ahead of time. And if you're doing it when creatures are coming at you, I remember you could also lock your direction. So if you're firing at somebody, if you held down the firing button, you could backtrack. 
I don't know that it would like the mobility in that game was all over the place, but I would say that's probably the thing that we think of first is how can we make it feel different from everything we've done before with the mummy game? The big hook was when you die, that soldier becomes a zombie and you re-encounter them with the next player. So whenever we can add stuff that's just like, Oh, that's cool. I haven't done that in a Metroidvania before. That's usually kind of the first step for us figuring stuff out. Well, it makes sense. I mean, I, I like myself a good Metroidvania, but there's just so many out there. It's like yes. almost like that Netflix effect. You, you just keep scrolling. And it's like, Oh my gosh, which one do I pick? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, our next question. Oh, one true James again. He asks, "Who's your favorite way forward character?" Oh, um, that's a good question because I've created a lot of them and it's hard to pick. I guess okay. So if I don't count River City Girls because we don't own that because it's owned by Arc System Works, and we kind of came up with some of the characters, I would probably say Kabako from uh, Cat Girl Without Salad just because I. <laughs> I love writing for her. I love Christina's VO for her. We only did the one game, but we like do a lot of like, you know, playing around with it at April Fools and have done various like, you know, other promotional stuff. But she's one of the most fun characters to write for and uh yeah, that that would be my choice. And then last question from One True James. He asks, uh, walk us through a day in the life at Way Forward. What does your job look like? Uh, so my job is basically 95% email inbox and Google documents. So (laughs) what, what I will do, we'll do lots of meetings and stuff and we'll do it mostly via zoom, but, uh, for biz dev and publishing, it's lots of emailing people. So it's like making connections with like, Oh, you know, you're this company, you have this brand. Can we make a game of that? Like, that'd be awesome to have the way forward version of this. Lots of those kind of conversations and emails and following up. Then when they say, oh yeah, you can tell us what your version of this would be. Then I'm working with artists to like create our mock-up of it and create our art of it and get people excited. So it's a lot of that. And then, uh, and then beyond that, it's a lot of like design documents. So it's like, you know, if we're going to do this game, we need like a three page write up on, what's inside of it or how many enemies there are and PowerPoints and stuff like that. But that's, that's most of my day to day. If I'm lucky enough to be directing a game, then it changes to be like working with the programmers, working with the artists and just playing it over and over and over. Um, Cause ultimately being a game director is like you put down your vision. You're like, here's what I want the game to be. And then they start putting stuff in it and you're like, this feels awful. And then you just keep playing it and you're like, change this, change this, change this. And you basically just make your game good by saying everything you hate about it. 10,000 times eventually they fix it all and you're like all right it's not as awful anymore and it's a fun process (laughs) well i mean it must be kind of well challenging in a sense because when you're playing it you're trying to it's almost like it's abstract feedback like i don't like this so make it better but like you know (laughs) and what's interesting too is there's a phenomenon with development and i think you just kind of get used to being aware of it and being careful but what happens a lot of times and i think like people starting out in development will do it is because you're playing through your game 200 times over development. A lot of people get bored of it and Mm. then they start cranking up the difficulty and they're like, this is too easy and they crank it up. Now it's really too easy. And so sometimes you'll see that with like, you know, indie studios when they're starting out, it's like, why is the difficulty like spiking like crazy here? 
And it's because they got used to their own game, they got bored with it, and then they just decided to make it more interesting to them mm. and lost the audience. Nice. That's uh that's uh that sounds cool. I that would be that would that sounds really fun to direct a game. Although I don't know if I have the chops to do that, which is why <laughs> I which is why I record and edit video and do social media for my job instead of, you know, making a game because yeah. Uh, it's weird. Yeah. You have to think of everything. So you have to think of yeah. like how the character moves and the bosses. And you also have to think of like when a coin drops, how does it bounce and how does it animate? Like every tiny little thing you can think of, like loading icons, you have to think of everything top to bottom of the game. Yeah. That'd be so cool though. Just to like have that kind of that level of control over everything from in a game and just kind of yeah. make it how you want it. Yeah. That's, and 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 I think that like a big part of what resonates with way forward games is when we do that we tend to have like high personality everywhere. So like a good example is with the River City Girls game. There's a loading icon, and the loading icon is the two main characters just beating the crap out of each other. And it's like, well, loading icon is usually either something spinning or like a little four frame animation. So let's just have them beating the shit out of each other, and uh, <laughs> and it's on brand. And so it's fun to make like weird little decisions like that because I think it adds to the charm of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. I I appreciate little details like that, um, for sure. As somebody as somebody who actually wanted to be an animator growing up, like when when I was growing up, I I even visited like Disney. My my one of my teachers, uh, her daughter was an animator for Disney for a long time, mm. and so we went and actually took a tour of the studio, and I was like learning about uh, all this animation, and she was kind of the lead animator on Simba and the Lion King and oh, wow. uh, Mulan. And uh, I was learning about, you know, I was kind of, <laughs> now that I think about it, I was kind of one of the first people who learned about like Hercules and, you know, the things that were coming after Mulan and stuff that they hadn't really announced yet. And um, just learning how animation kind of works from a, like an analog sense as opposed to like a digital sense. Have I mean, do you like when you talk to your animators, do they, do they like, draw stuff out or is it all kind of like is it all digital now or do you have like you know paper hanging up no. on a pen to yeah, a board or anything not really yeah it's, it's all digital i mean even when i started at way forward almost 20 years ago because i actually got hired as an animator that was my first mm -hmm. job here yeah. um it's all digital so yeah. at that point it's either you're working drawing in pixels which is like kind of playing like with legos but even with 3d it's more puppety i guess there might be so a little bit when we do like 2d hd style which is like traditional animation there's mm -hmm. a little bit of that i remember when we did boy and his blob originally there was a part of the game where some of the animations were done on pencil on mm -hmm. paper and then they scanned it in but i think by even by the end of that project we had switched over to completely digital now it's just all drawn on yeah. <clears throat> cintiqs and wacoms and stuff like that yeah yeah i've i've I mean, it would be kind of weird if you if you did. I mean, you look at something like Cup, Cuphead, and that's such an anomaly yeah. in, in terms of yeah, sure. how things are created these days. Um, so, uh, all right. So, Ice Malone three three zero on Twitter asks uh, if you could handle a licensed IP, what would it be, and what would you make out of it? I kind of can't answer because <clears throat> all of our dream licenses we are pursuing right now. So uh, I'll, I'll give a horrible teasing answer and say, like, 
you know, watch what comes out from way forward in like 2023 and 2024, because the stuff we're getting, some of it is classic gaming IP. Some of it is classic anime IP. Some of it is based on cartoons, Mm -hmm. but really like all our dream games, we're getting all of them. And so I, I, I would actually be hard pressed to come up with one that would be a good example that we're either not discussing right now or we're we're not planning to go after. That's so exciting. All right. Uh, you, heard it, so. you heard it here first. Zone of the Enders 3. That's coming. I do like Zone of the Enders. I can confirm we're not working on a Zone of the Enders, <laughs> but we would work on that. I'll tell you what, I would if we're talking about like uh, uh, Kojima stuff, I'd love to work on Boktai uh, or, oh, or was it Oh, Nights. man. Yeah, that's that was a really dope series. Rock Side was a fun game, but I hate the fact that you had to play play it during the daytime. That was tricky, but I would I'll, I'll say for my for my money, I think Bok Tai might have the best pixel art ever in any game ever. The first game, it's, it's yes, cool. yeah. The sun is in your hands. Uh, that was yep. the coolest tagline ever. Yep. <laughs> um, man, so. I'll say okay. So for kind of an kind of an answer, I would say anything Disney. Like we're big Disney fans. So if we could do something based on classic Disney characters or Disney theme parks or something like that, we're always trying to make stuff like that happen. Man, yeah, I I would buy every single Disney thing that you did. To be honest with you, I just yeah. uh, so today as of this recording, um, <clears throat> Figment was announced for Disney Speedstorm, mm. and. Uh, Looks like I know what I'm playing for the next till <laughs> Zelda comes out. I would say, uh, but yeah, I would. Uh, you should do a Figment platformer. Yes, there you go. Free idea. There, oh my I'll gosh, if you, if you did that, I would. I would freak out. I would be the happiest person on the planet. Um, <clears throat> it would probably sell like ten copies because not very many people that play games know who Figment is. I I don't know if what the Venn diagram of Disney parks people versus video game players are but like i was i would buy one for everybody uh all right our last question uh which is actually the the first question on our doc here comes from matthias from discord uh he asks what are what are some beat-em-ups that influenced uh you for river city girls uh all right so um very specific so so it was me i was the director on that game and then bannon rudis was assistant director, and then he ended up directing the second game. So it's always kind of the two of us tag teaming. I would do most of the story stuff, and he would do most of the combat. Um, So for my influence, probably, I mean, definitely River City Ransom, um, the the NES game, is the Kunio Kun game that I was most familiar with. The one that I played the most, though, growing up was definitely Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Mm. And so uh, I remember when we did the very first prototypes of River City 1, that was important to like get some of that stuff in there. We had like the flying knee and we had that, we ripped the sound effect from Double Dragon 2. And so, yeah, getting Double Dragon 2 stuff in there. Same thing, I mentioned the Batman game before um, mm-hmm. we did on Nintendo Wii, just totally ripped off the Double Dragon 2 combat system. So, big fans of Double Dragon 2. Uh, River City Ransom, and then I know also, uh, and then the other two were um, Kuniotachi no Banka, which was the SNES game the girls debuted in. We ended up porting that, and that ended up being River City Zero. That was influencing uh, the game because we took their style of animation, their attacks, like the curb stomping and stuff like that. That was all pulled over from there. And then the other one that was influencing, of course, was 
before Bannon worked on our game, he directed River City Ransom Underground on PC. And so a lot of the combat comes from there too. So those four games in particular, the one that we always get asked about is like, oh man, you guys must have loved the Scott Pilgrim game. Um, We love Scott Pilgrim. I love the movie. I love the comics. and, And we know the people that made the game, but it wasn't really an influence. It's like Scott Pilgrim, the game was influenced by river city ransom and we were influenced by river city so that's why they feel the same but uh but that was one that in particular didn't specifically uh uh influence us although the scott pilgrim movie is totally an influence on the style of river city just that crazy over-the-top humor and stuff yeah that's uh man i did you see that they're making that scott pilgrim uh uh animated yes thing with the uh, very excited yeah that's yep. that'll be interesting and, uh, be cool. and uh, science saru the the place that did stuff like uh um uh, mind game and, and crazy animes uh they're, they're they're the ones behind it i'm super pumped that's cool i i uh i think i have a way deeper appreciation of way forward uh, <laughs> of, of i mean it, i just i just Every time, like, I just didn't realize how long Way Forward's been around and, like, how much I, I know I've already said that, but I, the more we talk and the more, like, man, Way Forward's just been in all of my consoles. So, oh, yeah, even like the kid stuff. If you like go, go on Game Boy and look up old Barbie games and SpongeBob games, we're all over the place. Yeah, man, this is, uh, well, that's that's all the questions we have. Uh, man, we filled up like two thirds of the show already. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I know. I, I, I'm glad you took the time to answer those questions, but uh, we're going to, we're going to shift gears and talk about what we've been playing. Um, What are you playing besides things you can't talk about? Uh, Yeah. What have I played recently? Um, Not much. I, I, I play a lot of PS five, so I'll kind of, poke around at whatever is on PlayStation plus premium. Um, my son and I were recently enjoying Atari 50 mm-hmm. and that was really cool to see. Cause I knew all the 2600 games and stuff, but just to, like the really weird ar- arcade games, those were really cool to play. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to playing both the new Zelda and Hades too, uh-huh. because those are probably the only two games where I've dumped like over a hundred hours into each one of them. And so <laughs> when both of those come out, I'm done. I'm just you know going to be playing the hell out of both of those. But yeah, that's mostly it. And then I stuff I, I'll just play like oh, actually the other day I was playing uh, on my iPhone. I played through Sayonara Wild Hearts again because I just love that game. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, because we're I'm so busy with you know making games or organizing games i usually don't have much time other than like doing little mobile gaming here and there yeah that makes sense i mean you sound you sound like you're a busy guy so uh yeah. i'm very excited to play advance wars again when it comes out um yes i and hear so that game we're, is, uh... we're really excited about that i i you know played it a little bit while we were developing it originally and I've been watching the YouTube uh, playthroughs of uh, or, or previews of it that they've been given some of the media outlets, and it just makes me all excited. I was super into the game originally, and so I'm really excited to play through that again once it's released commercially. Yeah. Uh, on that on that note, on Advance Wars, something something that I think we kind of want to know. I know I know there's certain things you can't say because yeah. you know 
<laughs> Miyamoto will come out of the closet behind <laughs> you and kidnap you and take you to the Mushroom Kingdom and you'll never be seen again. Uh, hopefully they don't put you in the the de-evolution machine from the original Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> but uh, uh, ha- I mean, what was it like working on a Nintendo IP? Like, what what was it like? I mean, on a very base level, obviously, but like, was I, it, that seems like a dream come true for anybody that's like, you know, grew up with the NES or the Super Nintendo, right? Like, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and I think this game in particular, um, the fact that it's you know, one of our favorite games ever. Um, I got to help a little bit with with some of the development. My friend James was kind of the lead on it. Um, it it was amazing because of the game and because working directly with Nintendo. We've done so many Nintendo products over the years and a lot of exclusive stuff where it's like only on Wii or only on Switch and, and you know, kind of love letters to the systems and stuff. But they're always usually, like, self-published. Like, they're not officially Nintendo games. So this is the first time we've done something where it's working that closely with Nintendo. And, yeah, no, it was amazing. I mean, they're, you know, as as um, as incredible an experience as you imagine it would be and as creative as you would imagine those guys are, it was all of that. And they were one of the best partners we've ever worked with. They really pushed for the game to be as great as possible, and hopefully, people dig it when it comes out. But yeah, it was, it was totally a dream opportunity for us. That's awesome. I uh, so I never I never played the original Advance Wars, um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this, especially because uh, obviously I think what Intelligent Systems made the first one, and obviously yeah. I love Fire Emblem, and so I'm looking forward to. Uh, jumping into something i actually also really <laughs> fifth time i brought up 3ds i actually really liked codename steam as well mm-hmm. which was yeah. you know their weird kind of yep you know what uh strategy game so yeah it's I'm a really for... good update i mean because yeah. it, it already the characters were great the dialogue was great the pixel art was great but seeing everything like very high res having you know actual bits of vo in there having like high fidelity music having all the 3d character assets like it really does just feel like it takes everything to the next level um so yeah i i think people i think anyone who's a fan of the series and even people that have not played it but like you said have played you know similar games um i think they're gonna they're gonna really dig it when it comes out awesome yeah i i know we've kind of been waiting for you know a a long time for this uh so the last question I'm going to ask you, and you don't have to get into details or anything, but was it kind of disappointing when you found out it was kind of delayed? And obviously, rightly so, for the, like, it was kind of like a... That's know. probably something I can't say anything about. Cool. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I figured. I figured. I, I, yeah. just, I just wanted to... I'm trying to think. I'm like, know. no, there's probably no answer yeah. I could give nope. that would Great. be kind of tip Great. stepping don't... into... Yeah, secrets. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Corey, because like you're really trying to make me angsty right now. Thank you. I'm, I'm but not... I, I, what I will flip it and I will say we are so excited that it's coming out now, and, yes. and that's really been amazing for us. Yeah, please, Corey. Uh, Laurent's been tortured for several, several, several so, months. Now. Yeah, Lor- Lor- every time a rumor would pop up about Advance Wars, you know, it's finally coming or they're showing something, and they didn't. Like, you know, sorry, Laurent. That's all we have to say. Sorry, I blame, I blame all of y'all because y'all strung y'all strung me along with that one. Hey, Laurent, every join, time, every look. time, every time one of those dirty ass directs oh. came out, everybody was everybody was like, "Oh yeah, watch this one." I'm sure there'd be some advanced wars news. So I sit there for like 25, 37 minutes, you know, 
and no advanced wars. And I'm like, man, you know, um, if I go outside and start kicking dogs and punching babies, you know, like it's y'all's fault. <laughs> well, what'd you think of the first direct where it revealed it? Oh, see now these these two can tell you right there. I was I was there was so much they put out in that direct though. I, it was not not just Advance Wars. They they, yeah. they had the fight. They um not the um the front mission games were were getting redone. Um and and it was like that was that was a joyful direct for me. And because usually most directs are just like yeah okay sure whatever you know. Uh, Laron made sounds I would never nothing. thought right would come out of an adult human being. <laughs> yeah like oh, no that so no that direct was that direct was fire like i'm still waiting for news for the um for the uh what was the game the um uh, it's the it's that snk game with the freaking the tanks and the dude like it was a strat they made a strategy tactics yeah there we go yep. yeah I'm, I'm still waiting for that because that was also revealed during that same yep. direct and all like where the hell is that game at? You know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, here, I'll, I'll give you guys an exclusive. It's just a tease, though. So one of the games we're working on right now is a Switch exclusive. So it will be announcing it later this year, and uh, and I'm really excited about it. So uh, like when I took over publishing a few years ago, um, the day I took over publishing Way Forward, I said we're doing this game and we're doing it on Nintendo Switch, and we made it happen. And I'm so excited about it. We'll be revealing that in the coming months, um, and it's a Switch exclusive, and I'm super pumped about it. Oh, so I, won't, yeah. I can't give any details, but keep an eye out. There's something really cool coming from Way Forward because we almost everything we do now is multi-platform. So being able to do something that is all about one system okay. is really rare and amazing for us. Yes, yes. Look at that exclusive tease. That's, that's going to be the title of the clip. Exclusive tease. <laughs> um, by, by the way, uh, I just want to thank you for putting games on multiple platforms. I know a lot of, oh, sure. either, you know, a lot of platforms either choose one because maybe they don't have the budget to do multiple platforms or like maybe they feel one platform's easier to develop for and then port it later. But, you know, the fact that way for a game I, as somebody who primarily plays on Xbox, I play a lot of switch too, but uh primary plays on xbox xbox doesn't always get all the games and so i appreciate it i appreciate way forward for supporting the xbox brand absolutely yeah and i mean i'll give a shout out to jeremy from our qa department he's our most vocal internal advocate of like we got to have everything on everything we got to support all the people and so that's just something we do at way forward like you said i think a lot of smaller publishers and developers look and say okay well this is just going to be pc switch or just going to be switch ps4 or just xbox pc and make choices like that um we know that our fan base is everywhere and we don't want to let anybody down so i mean any way forward game that we come out with we'll try and move heaven on earth to get it on all platforms because we don't want any of our users our xbox users our playstation or switch or pc users to feel like they get left out on a way forward product whenever nice. it's, it's in our control yeah, that's I, that's actually how I played River City Girls first was on Xbox. I think it was on Game Pass for a while. It was. Yeah, um, we were super excited about that. Yeah, it's I mean, again, I don't know if you could talk about that process, but I mean, what's it like? Uh, I mean, the Game Pass stuff, like, is that an interesting kind of avenue for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I probably couldn't give away any, like, you know, specifics about how that comes about other than it's just way forward talking to Microsoft. But, you know, the same thing with, like, PlayStation Premium uh, games on, on, on the 
play PS5. And, you know, even though there's not that much third party stuff, obviously Nintendo kind of has their like NSO type stuff. Um, but, you know, everybody is kind of creating their own subscription type services. Mm-hmm. And we think it's great. Um, we found in our experience that it really does seem to just spread the word on our games. We've found that when we do have games in subscription services, it doesn't seem to largely cannibalize sales like if anything it just makes more people aware of it and makes more people want to buy it um so we try to do that as much as possible and yeah getting i think on game pass we had river city one so far and i think a couple of the shantae games mm-hmm. we were super excited about that and we're, we're trying to get as much of our stuff on game pass and uh playstation uh premium as as possible nice that's that's really interesting and good to hear because like sometimes not that you should believe everything you see on Twitter because it's a it's a, a interesting place to be, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> but you know, people are always saying like Game Pass is like cannibalizing games, and it's not really supporting the indies or the smaller games or you know get third party games that show up there later. You're not really supporting them. You know, it's it's Microsoft footing the bill to try to get content on there or something. And it's like it's good to hear you know coming from the source that it's a positive thing for games. Yeah. So. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for every place. Maybe there are some where there is cannibalization. We haven't seen that. We've had an entirely positive experience, even stuff like we were big on stadia when it was happening. Um, We like Amazon Luna, you know, anything we can do where we can get uh, our game to more people. We're usually make a big effort to do it. That's awesome. That's good. That's, that's cool, man. Stadia. That's a rip stadia. I yeah, really yeah. liked their controller, though. I have to say, yeah. it was a. I didn't use the service, but their controller was really. It was, yeah. Nice. The service was cool too. Well, I think uh, our game Dawn of the Monsters mm-hmm. debuted on Stadia. I think it came out on Stadia like two weeks before anything else, and and uh, we had a lot of good feedback from users on that. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, Laron, are you? What are you? You're playing DJ Max Respect. Is it V or five? V. V. Uh, no, it's five. V. No, it's it's V. Like okay. it's a Korean game. It's a Korean game, so it's exactly what you expect. <laughs> uh, it's a music game. Uh, you guys probably remember back when um, when Chase Bethay was on mm-hmm. um, that I mentioned that it was it was like a game that kind of like we like the games and genres we go to like to reset our batteries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. right now, for like the last two weeks, I've been just playing that because like I. I haven't had the drive to really play any games since I beat Dead Space recently, and um, I know the next game I'm jumping on. This is not, and this this is not just a shameless plug for Way Forward, but it definitely is Advance Wars. Like I was looking at through through release.com uh, yesterday when I was talking to Andre, like preparing for next week's episode of Crossroads, and I was like, man, like I don't even know if I'm going to how I'm going re- to act next week when um, Advance Wars is out, and I have a podcaster to get ready for and all that stuff. So yeah, this is one of those things. But yeah, like. Uh, Music game, you know, like basically, you guys know just the music games. You uh, you play the notes, you get the timing right, you know. But it honestly, it feels like it's definitely like just reset my battery as far as uh, as far as like wanting to play games. Like it's been the only thing I've I've really jumped on. And the cool thing about it is like you can jump in, play like 15, 20 minutes of it, and you can get off and like and like for me, like it just that serotonin it just puts me it just puts me in like a different spirit. Well, it definitely for seems sure. like yeah. a palate cleanser. You know? it, it is it is it is and you know like i and now like i'm sitting here and, like i'm trying my best not to not to spend money on some of the dlc and stuff even though there's like there's like hot ass songs you know because i've been playing D, i've been playing dj max since i was first introduced to it back on 
actually there was a PC version of it that was like online only. Um, so there was a PC version of it for for a while, and then I really got into it when um when DJ Max Portable came out for the PSP, and then and then like the music and stuff got me hooked. So every DJ Max game that came out that was available on a handheld system, like I got it because that's where they were all at. Um, and then and then DJ Max evolved the Technica where you need a touchscreen so you can like see like press the notes and all that stuff and you know like i was gonna i was gonna ask that yeah is is that one of those games where because that's what i've noticed like i i'm i'm into i know the old school games or the traditional ones like muse dash and stuff where it's just kind of like or taiko drum master but yeah notice the modern ones where you're drag drag tap and doing all the gestural stuff that seems to be the popular ones now right yeah yeah that was uh yeah that was that was technica like uh they they made five games in the technica series um i have the ps vita version of it and uh and when it was on um when it was on ios and android um like man like not only did i get the game like i spent all the money and got every song pack and everything and i was and i was crying like a baby when they closed the servers down which is why which is why when if you if you rewind back to a lot a lot of episodes here from the boss first podcast i'm always like i'm always one of those people's like man I love it, but I hate the fact that, you know, you spend all this money, they shut the servers down and you just lost all your money and all that stuff. That's, yeah. that's why, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm just a proponent for game, game preservation and stuff like that. But yes, but DJ Max, it's been, it's been my thing. It's been the only thing I've really been playing, which is, which is wild because like I'm a monster hunter player. So, you know, like the fact that I've been playing oh, cool. some rinky dink music game, you know, and hmm. not actually going back and, and, and playing two up, Two title system updates for Monster Hunter is just just wild because I'm too behind right now. And title, and there's a um, and there is an announcement that the next title update uh, uh stream is happening. I think it happens next week and stuff like that. So now I'm, I think it's end of life for for Monster Hunter at this point. Once uh once that when this next one comes out, but you know yeah. But DJ Max Respect V, like if you guys like music games stuff like that, like it's a keyboard mouse or you can or you can hook up a controller. You know, and you play it that way. You know, for you people that played it back in the day when it was on when it was on handhelds, you know, you can use a controller um, and you know test out your finger dexterity because uh, I do get yeah. mad at my I do get mad at myself sometimes. I was like, man, I couldn't finger this note properly. Come on, what the hell? <laughs> my 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 son, uh, he's thirteen, and he is super into Friday Night Funkin'. And I watch him play. I'm like, I cannot do that thing that fast. Friday Night Funkin'. Let me. It's let me it's like it's sort out. of a DDR clone, but it's got oh, character boy. stuff on top of it. People uh, get wild for that game. Yeah, give that one a shot. It just had a Kickstarter and made like millions of dollars. But oh, yeah, check man, that thing I'll, out. I'm gonna check that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lauren, have you played the? And I forget what the title is. I feel like I should know. It's the music-based game that has like all the Final Fantasy music on it. I couldn't uh, stand it. I, I tried it. I couldn't stand it. It's something about. It's something about it's something about that type of music. Like, I mean, Final Fantasy music has kind of been hit or miss for me. Like, you know, like certain soundtracks I love, certain soundtracks I just cannot stand. You know, I was like, man, like I'm not gonna torture myself by hearing this again. You know, <laughs> um, stuff like that. I tried it out. I it just wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me. Also, just like those Kingdom Hearts ones that came the uh, what Theta Rhythm. I didn't. I didn't like that. But that's but that's because it's Kingdom Hearts. But you know, whatever. <laughs> um yeah like um like i do like um like dance dance revolution beat mania yeah. beat mania 2dx uh pop mania of course nice. the dj max stuff yeah like um like we, i we still I, me and me and the other directors are constantly talking about like ddr second mix and butterfly and smile uh, yes and yeah all that stuff the classics. That, and then and also really if uh, i don't know if you ever played but that the first few game boy versions 
of DDR and Beat Mania are so yeah, they, good. Yeah, they had like a they had like an attachment you put yep. onto the Game yep. Boys and stuff to yep. made it made it feel like it was the controllers and stuff. It, that was wild. I, I yeah. remember that. Yeah, those Game um, Boy ones are crazy. Yeah, it's funny. I love I love music games. And I love their soundtracks and stuff. And yeah, I've been known to actually have like a DDR or Beat Mania soundtrack in my headphones when I'm at the gym. So you know, you think about those TikToks where it yep. shows like where it shows like everybody's looking at, at you like, and they're like, oh, it must be like the most epic song going on in their headphones. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting up here listening to like 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 music to your head or, or butterfly upswing mix and yep. stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yep. So that's the only thing I've really been been getting down on. I did want to, I did want to start Resident Evil Four, but I just, I just, just mm, mm, I can't right now. Um, I can't. And uh, and I also, I do have The Last of Us, the the Last of Us remake for PC, but I haven't haven't had the gumption to play that either. Oh, you should probably wait till they kind of adjust. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know, I know. I well, they they had they had they had a patch that fixed a lot of the initial stuff, and then a new patch just came out and it ruined a few other things, like especially okay. for people. Who, and you know, the sad part is, The Last of Us already needs like a high end graphics card. So you know, we're talking thirty series or or, or six thousand uh, thirty series uh, uh, Nvidia or better, or six thousand series uh, AMD uh, card uh, because you need VRAM. So you know, like, but you need like the the top tier like graphics cards. You know know for those it's like you know like you need more than you need more than 17 gigs of uh of uh of video ram and stuff like that so like it's not it's not fun for for a lot of people stuff like that and you know like the patch just comes out and it breaks more things it's like come on guys get it together yeah uh stephanie you've been you beat resident evil 4 i beat resident evil 4 my first ever resident evil game in my life um, mm. I actually joined, um, I, I guess it on a podcast uh, franchise festival to talk about it because they wanted a perspective of someone who's never played a Resident Evil game before. And they were nice about it because, again, Resident Evil, uh, a franchise where the fan base can kind of get on you like, well, you never played Resident Evil before? You're lame. <laughs> um, and uh, Adam, just for some background, I am a chicken. I do not mm. do well with horror games. I just, I get scared at the slightest things like the last of us when i first played it and that's not even like a horror game really yeah oh oh, it took me forever to get past boston because i was just scared um but over time i've played a small handful of horror games if they've got really good either narrative story or just lore because resident evil is not really narrative driven but they're rich in lore so i was too chicken to play resident evil 2 remake even though i bought it but when they announced Resident Evil 4 remake, I'm like, I'm going to commit because Resident Evil 4 is action slash horror. And yeah. I loved it. Corey, you need to just suck it up and finish it because it was great. I I, I well, loved it. The, I mean, the reason why I haven't played it is because I haven't I just haven't had enough time to just sit down and play it. Right. Like when I mean, with all the stuff that's been going on and like our kind of content offerings changing, like I just. <laughs> I know. I, I just haven't had, you know, the time because I like when I sit down to play it, I want more than like 45 minutes to play it. Right. I don't I don't want to, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I turned fair it on fair and enough. Ran around and, you know, broke my knife on some guy's face and get caught in a bear trap and have to turn it off. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you no, know, no fair. I'm just picking on you because like whenever you talk about playing games on other podcasts, you're like, I don't like it. It's scary. I know. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it. 
Very true. Also, you, my Friday. You big old weenie. I know. Plus, I have a I have a standing date with friends on Friday nights for Destiny. So listen, fair enough. That. But I just want to say it it looks great. Uh, it feels great. The pacing's good between each chapter. I love the boss fights. Um, I don't know. There's just something really epic and really fun about it. Um, I'm not great, but, you know, I, I went on uh, regular mode. Uh, even when I died a million times and the, it, like, suggested I could switch to easy mode, I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I will do this. So I'm proud of myself. I had a great time. I actually liked it so much. I'll probably play it again, just not anytime soon because there are other priorities. So that took up most of my time because I wanted to beat it A, before the book club, and B, just kind of again, make space before Tears of the Kingdom. I know we still have a month left. Um, and then I actually just started a new game today, but there's an embargo on it, so I can't really tell you what right. I played. But it is a game that I saw at PAX East. That's what I'll say. So. Wait, wait, wait. wait, there's an you can't even say what the game is you're playing. That's how deep the embargo is. That's yeah. wild. Most review wow. most review copies are like that though. They but, usually have a date where yeah. you can say, "Hey, I'm playing this," and you can only like talk about the first like I don't know three chapters of certain or whatever. I could probably talk about it by next week, maybe by the way the schedule, it like the release schedule mm -hmm. is, but yeah. uh, it's at PAX. And like, that's what I'm excited about because there are a lot of games from PAX where I just want to play, whether it's via review key or after. I like, especially with indies, I'm all about supporting them. Um, so even if I get a review key, I'll probably end up still buying it. Like, I just hopped on Limited Run, mm -hmm. Adam, and I saw that. Um, Lunark was on there. I'm like, oh, well, here we go. Um, <laughs> there's that. And also coming soon is Legend of Tian Ding on Limited Run. And I I bought that game on my and played it on the Steam Deck. I didn't beat it yet, but I played it and I loved it because things, but also I my my mom's was born in Taiwan. It's not a common uh, culture to learn about. So I might just double dip and buy the Switch physical version of it. So That's cool. So that's cool. me. Cool. Uh, well, as for me, I uh, I played. I I finally did the new raid in Destiny uh, called a Root of Nightmares, Ooh. which was uh, it was super. It was super cool. It's a it's weird because this far into Destiny, you would be thinking some of this end game content would be getting harder, but they're actually trying to make things especially raids because the the big thing with destiny one was like only s less than 10 percent of players actually beat a raid and something less than like something like 18 percent actually went into the into a raid with a full team and, and beat an encounter so one of their goals right now is to like make the new player experience better and make it easier for them to kind of do in-game content now there are way harder raids than this one but i do have to say it was really cool. Uh, you kind of go into like this, uh, you go into this pyramid, you know, destiny lore here, everybody. So get ready, get nerdy. Um, buckle up. What? I'm sorry. I said buckle up. Sorry. Yeah. So long story short, the, the, the pyramids are, are in our, are in range of earth and they try to attack earth and the traveler, which is the big white ball you see in all the promotional images shoots becomes a death star and shoots all of the the pyramids and kind of 
blasts the side of one of them open and you kind of go into this deformed pyramid and uh one of the uh gods of destiny nezarek is the main boss of this uh raid he's a he's a disciple to the witness which is the big bad in destiny right now and uh the whole raid revolves around his lore and his kind of resurrection and that kind of thing and it's it's a really cool lore based raid if you're into destiny lore and then you fight nezarek at the end and then you get cool stuff for beating it so uh i did that very colorful uh very uh kind of a lot of bright pinks and purples and greens and blues and um a lot of cool a lot of cool imagery what'd you say stephanie did you say, I didn't say anything no nope. oh okay Sorry, I, I think everybody froze for a second and I just kept talking. So, uh, and all, there's this encounter where um, you see all the planets that, and moons that have disappeared in the solar system because the darkness has arrived and they're all collected in this one room. And you kind of have to kind of trade the light and the darkness places on these plates. And then you take out, you know, and that's how you start a damage phase on the big boss. It's a really cool encounter. Uh, the whole raid is super cool. It's a very cool entry level raid i would say for somebody who's never raided before this is kind of one of the easier ones um it's just really cool i really enjoyed it and uh got some cool stuff out of it i think we're going to do it again this friday uh because there's a there's an exotic weapon an exotic shotgun and as a titan main shotguns are my best friend so uh it's cool uh you can hear more about that on Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast that I host, if you want to hear more. Um, and then I've been playing. I played uh, about an hour of Lunark last night. And like I said before, it's a super cool uh, kind of. Would, I, I don't know if I would call would I Would we call it a Metroidvania? I mean, I think the maze kind of feels like one, but I don't know if there's a lot yeah, of like. I think uh, I think Johan uses the word cinematic platformer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like like. And if you look at like the old Prince of Persia games, mm-hmm. uh, 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 flashback out of this world, Karateka, everything with kind of that 80s style, like rotoscope style animation is, is kind of similar to what he was doing. Yeah, I. Yeah, I, I really like it. I I I like the old school feeling of I'm jumping this platform, you gotta commit, or like, you know, when the spider drops down, you gotta kinda duck and shoot it, or you know, I like how I like how the jump animation works where like if you're not close enough to the edge, he just falls right back down. And so yep. it made me laugh the first couple times. I was like, Oh man, this is this is so old school and cool and Yeah, there aren't that many games like that anymore. It's almost like a a, a puzzler just in the mobility cuz mm-hmm. nowadays everyone's just used to like the most fluid <coughs> like advanced mobility, but having something where it's like you're moving bit by bit and you have to be like moving in precise directions and get a running start to have enough leaping stuff. It's it's so typical for those games and I think Johan just did an awesome job with it. Yeah. Uh I I really like it. I'm looking forward to playing more for sure well see now i'm like i want to play it now but i just want to buy the physical but if i buy it from limited run i'll probably not see it for another year (laughs) i don't know i'll have to double check when their release schedule is i'll get you a code (gasps) uh buy buy the physical i'll get you a code okay uh yeah so i i recommend it if you know especially especially if you're fans of, of flashback or prince of like really old school mm-hmm. prince of persia uh-huh. um, yeah 
man, I can't say enough cool things about that. Okay, maybe not old school Prince of Persia, but definitely flashback. God, because because uh, I what when did they? Because didn't Ubisoft uh, re what like do a re uh, like flashback HD and I I played the shit out of that too. Yeah, mm. and they I think they just released like a twenty or like some sort of anniversary edition of flashback too. Ooh, on something cool. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Has Al, did Out this Worlds get redone, remade? Re- you remember that game? No. You don't? Oh my god! Yeah, you look it up. Uh, flashback uh, and Out of This World, like they feel like this. They feel like yeah, they feel like they feel like brothers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they came out around the same time. They were both by Delphi and Software. Yeah. yeah. There was I I so the game Lunark actually reminds me of is a game I don't remember the name of, but it's like you're this guy who's kind of walking around and doing this platforming, and it's the same kind of deliberate animations, but you're going around collecting car parts. And then you build a car with the parts that you find in the level. And depending on how many parts you find in the level depends on how well your car races. It was a really old, com- like it was a really, really old computer oh. game or PC game. Probably like, I want to say early nineties, maybe late eighties, you know, oh. something like that. And my, my, my friend at the time got a, got a computer and I did not have one yet. And I thought it was the, coolest thing and i would just like you know they would be outside playing i'm like dude i just want to go i want to go into your dad's office and just play this game and (laughs) this is this is what it reminds me of and it brought back so many old memories of that game specifically and i'm like man this game is oh Oh, here you asked earlier what's one game that we would want to remake that that would be a dream one so one one that we're not doing that i could say i absolutely want to do at some point there was a commodore 64 game way back when called montezuma's revenge and <gasps> oh, I remember that. I remember that. yeah that game is crazy that game is like super hard and super just like yeah it's sort of metroidvania-ish but it's just like really a mean-spirited <laughs> like indiana jones game i would love way forward to remake that game at some point nice indiana jones man that new trailer dropped it looks fun Yep, looks great. So, uh, well, we've we've actually hit. We're hitting our time right now. Um, Adam, I, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Lunark is out now. Yeah, really great game. Uh, Advance Wars comes out April twenty first. Uh, you can look forward to that as well. Also, buy Way Forward games because they're just great, and Way Forward's mm-hmm. great. And you may have oh, already thanks. played one if you're not even sure you have. So, uh. Adam, where where can we find you on the internet? Or if you have anything else to plug, please do so. Uh, yeah, I mean, mainly go to wayforward.com. We, are, uh, we update our website whenever we have new games. So whatever we've got coming out, um, recent games have been Lunark, River City 2, Shantae Seven Sirens, Dawn of the Monsters. So yeah, just go to wayforward.com. Or if you go on Twitter or Facebook, just type in wayforward and you'll see lots of what we've got going on in, you know, in terms of recent releases. Um, yeah, that's that's the easiest way. And then I'm I'm doing other stuff on the side, doing comics and books and stuff like that. But uh, awesome, uh, but that's that's different. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, really appreciate yeah. your time. I know you're you're a busy person, especially now with two games kind of in a launch status. So uh, appreciate your time. And I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of the Boss Rush Podcast. You can follow us at Boss Rush Network on Twitter. Find us on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram also. Uh, 
join the discord if you want your questions answered uh next week we have crit rate coming on uh, yeah. so very excited for that as well we have it clipped on our youtube channel stephanie talking about their product at pax uh so you can check that clip out if you want to find out more about them before they come on next week uh thank you so much for watching and or listening check out bossrush.net for all of our content and we will see you next time goodbye everybody bye so long the boss rush podcast is a product of boss rush media llc and is recorded from our headquarters in akron ohio this show is produced written and directed by me Corey dierick my co-hosts are stephanie klimov laron dawkins and edward barnell you can find stephanie at klimov underscore author on twitter and instagram as well as on the exp cast you can find Leron at Exodus803 on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, and also on Crossroads, the video game podcast. You can find Edward at that retro code on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting Nintendo Power Block. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at I am Corey in HD and find me hosting Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast, and co-hosting Nintendo Power Block. Find the Boss Rush Podcast on all social media platforms at Boss Rush Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and the Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.